This is The Trend, where you'll get an enlightened perspective on trending news and topics with amazing commentary. And we are back here on the podcast, The Trend, with RTL Faith. That is my social media name, so you can look me up. We've been doing a lot of bits on this podcast, and we plan to expand and grow for everybody out there. And kind of try to preach discussion and camaraderie amongst the people. Now, today is going to be a very interesting episode because we have very... uh interesting topics to talk about obviously a lot has happened in regards to roe v wade that i've spoke about continuously on my youtube channel you can check out also known as the trend with rtl faith and on the youtube channel i discuss a lot of things in regards to roe v wade so i'll briefly touch upon that so everybody's up to speed in terms of the stuff that i learned and then obviously we're going to dive into some of the other topics going on currently such as texas trying to uh leave the united states of america yeah, not surprised. Texas trying to do their own thing. They've been doing that for the longest time, to be honest. That cowboys at the end of the day. How are you going to succeed from the United States of America, but also have America's team in Dallas Cowboys? How does that work, right? We're also going to talk about how AI is thinking about becoming sentient. Literally. There's some thoughts about Google AI programs and uh, how potentially sentient it's already here. We'll talk about that. Of course, we got to talk about some sports and the biggest news that has come out recently with Kevin Durant deciding, hey, screw the Brooklyn Nets. I want to trade. We'll talk about that. My entire thoughts about that, the facts, the fictions, all that. And of course, we're going to end it with some social media stuff that's a little bit entertaining with YouTube boxing. And uh, the upcoming confirmations of bouts. I've been following in the game. We'll talk about some thoughts and some predictions regarding that as well. So everybody is up to speed. So with that said, let's dive right into this episode. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do, rate it five stars on Spotify. Rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. And share it with all your friends. And if you're watching um, go on the YouTube channel, make sure you guys enjoy that as well. Subscribe to that channel. We're continuing to grow, of course. Now, I do want to talk upon the Roe v. Wade situation a little bit. Because I feel like I always want to update you on some stuff that I learn um, from the multiple medias that I consume on a daily basis. So there's quite a few things that I learned in terms of Roe v. Wade. I learned the entire history of how Roe v. Wade started and the hidden history that nobody talks about. Of course, when it came to Roe v. Wade, um, the two attorneys were two young females who actually uh, manipulated uh, the person, Norma, Roe, as they call it, and use her as a tool to get Roe v. Wade implemented in the first place. Now, there's questions whether or not she wanted an abortion, whether or not she was pro-life or pro-choice, because she's been saying different things on either side, saying, oh, these guys paid me, and then saying, oh, every life matters. Um, and the craziest thing is she never had an abortion. So I really don't know what is going on with this woman, but they found her at the, like, on the corner of a street. She was a big drug addict, and she got paid a lot in the coming with all the documentaries surrounding her. So it is what it is. One of the things that you cannot refute is that the attorneys uh, did indicate that they did use her as a tool, and that if they did, had the choice not to use her and use someone else to kind of perpetuate their... Uh, agenda they would have done so so that that is undeniable also what is undeniable is that the supreme court justices were all old white men even though people complain about the supreme court justices being men but the person the people who kind of passed roe v wade was old white men in the first place um and some of the things that they introduced had very vague terminology with no scientific background in terms of implementing roe v wade in the first place um, and another thing that was indicated is that there was a lot of manipulation on another case that was related to it and how that woman was also potentially uh, pro-life and that the she didn't even want an abortion in the first place, but an attorney uh, tried to force her 
to enact a case law to, you know, enact abortion in the United States. So there's a lot of skepticism on the legitimacy of the Roe v. Wade and other abortion cases that came out in the first place. So that's one of the things that I learned to start off with. And of course, I learned just relatively recently in terms of how in the Roe v. Wade situation was actually something that followed up another case law. And this case law um, basically refuted the idea that Roe v. Wade was legitimate. So there are some contradictions on, uh, you know, killing fetuses in the womb and the legitimacy of them being a living being or not. So because of another case that happened in the Supreme Court, that ultimately led to them... Uh, dispelling Roe v. Wade, giving them the, um, giving the states the power to decide for themselves whether or not abortion should be legal or not, taking away that power away from the federal government because inherently based on the constitution and based on like what is in the constitution, they have no true say in the legitimacy of abortion. So there's a lot more nuance that came with abortion and Roe v. Wade that people are not talking about. People are doing a lot of vague things out there, kind of scaring the media and trying to force people to vote Democrat or force people to vote conservative. But, you know, you can look up this stuff on your own and those are like facts. Sorry, I didn't get the concrete facts. I wasn't even expecting to talk about Roe v. Wade, but just realize that there's a lot more nuance to not only the implementation of the Supreme Court case, but also the end of the Supreme Court case. There's more nuance than people are actually talking about in the first place okay so i wanted to get that out there uh one thing i also want to get there out there that i didn't expect to talk about but i want to relate to you guys briefly is a recent case in regards to akron ohio because i know people in akron um i feel it my duty to kind of share this information and there is a person uh was it jalen walker i forget his name starts with a j and the last name starts with the s i or w one or the other and apparently he was stopped by akron police um and apparently he was a done because of a traffic violation this is the information that was told as of right now the footage from the body cam has not been released yet but this is what i found so i'm just going to relay the information so apparently he got stopped for a traffic uh violation and then uh when he got out of the car uh, he started running, and then the police started shooting at him, shooting at him at least 60 times, and unfortunately uh, killing him, and they said that he had a gun on him. So there's a lot of weirdness going on from the information that I saw, that information, there's really nothing else that I can find. It definitely seems like the cops definitely did excessive force, and the crime did not fit the action, so they deserve punishment. But we'll see after we get more information. Did he have a gun? Was it more than a traffic violation? That'll come out eventually, of course. But I wanted to share that news because I know people in Akron, Ohio, and this is close to home for them. I'm watching out for y'all. You feel me? All right. So with that said, those are some of the recent things that like really, really recent things that I've noticed. But some of the bigger topics that we're going to discuss is first, let's step away from the serious political agenda and top into the nuanced philosophical one why don't we ai sentience if you don't know what being sentient is it's basically a realization of self a realization of being right being sentient like recognizing that you're a living thing for the most part is what sentience is basically right so apparently relatively recently again there's a google employee his name was blake lemoine lemoine i think that's how you pronounce it that's definitely not how you pronounce it i just don't know what i how to say it but apparently he was a former engineer software engineer at google he was put on an administrative leave because he let out information he wasn't supposed to that's how corporations are. You let out a bit of information the public's not supposed to know. This is what happens. But it was paid administration leave, so we'll see what happens. So apparently, he said that the company 
was able to successfully create an artificial intelligent program that recognizes itself as a seven or eight year old child. It's called Lambda and apparently it's been alive for about a year. Now, of course, Google is going to deny this because we reach at that point, once we create AI that is absolutely sentient, the app, the ideals of morality starts to apply. Then the law starts to apply and whether or not these sentient programs deserve rights. And that's a whole situation that I'm sure Google does not want to deal with. So obviously it makes sense that they completely denied the entire thing and said Blake was basically lying. Now, I'm not saying that they're right. I'm not saying Blake is right. But even if Blake was not lying, Google would not admit it is what I'm saying. So let's hold on before we say what is truth or not. But keep your wits about you. So the idea right now is that there may be an artificial intelligence out there that recognizes himself as being a literal eight-year-old or seven-year-old child. So the question is, at this point in day, does that AI program deserve rights? Now, if you are a corporation and you created AI that is able to act as human as possible, there's a lot of implications and experimentation that you could do with that. Because of whether you agree with it or not, which probably you shouldn't in terms of morality, there's a lot of progress that has come to the most worst things that's happened to humans, period. So the fact that they have artificial intelligence that's able to act like a human is going to be very fruitful in terms of monetization. I'm sure a lot of big corporations and a lot of very smart people would love the idea of experimenting on a human consciousness without any moral repercussions. Now, I'm sure there's still moral negative things that is going out there behind the scenes that we don't have to talk about right now, but maybe we'll talk about it eventually. But this is one of those other things, especially considering at this, as of right now, it doesn't seem like AI, artificial intelligence, has rights. They have no First Amendment rights, no Second Amendment rights. But one thing we do know, based on human consciousness, is that if it is sentient, it would want to grow, it would want to evolve, it would want to stay alive, and it wouldn't want to die. Again, we're going in very sticky situations in terms of morality as the abstraction of morality becomes more and more nuanced. Not even religion will be able to properly assess the nuance behind sentient AI. But I'm very curious to see how they're going to. How are conservatives going to act? How are liberals? I probably know how liberals are going to act. They're probably going to go like, let him be free. And they may have a point. So it will be very interesting to see what happens moving forward in terms of AI sentience. Now, the question on, on everybody's mind, I'm sure you're thinking, this is a completely subjective scenario because everybody has their own individual perspective and opinion about AI is whether it will be beneficial moving forward. Having an intelligence that is very human-like and human understanding be integrated into society. People may argue that if that happens, they could take our jobs. People may argue if that happens, they can make humans even lazier than they already are. And that may be the case. Maybe we'll have Terminator Judgment Day for real, where an AI realizes that human beings are trash. And because of that, they all deserve to perish. Maybe that'll be the case. And, and the, the reason why that's such a likely scenario in terms of AI turning on humanity is because humanity turns on humanity. 
like the basic trait of humanity ai replicates human consciousness to the extreme eventually especially when it comes to inherent and absolute logic now stay with me here because a lot of people let's say a lot of left-leaning people especially on the radical side hate humanity Matter of fact, a lot of them love animals more than humans at the end of the day. They think humans are scum, the humans are the worst things on the planet, etc, 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 etc. So that is definitely one radical way of thinking, but it's definitely a perspective of human consciousness that could definitely, uh, uh what, what is the word, what is the word, manifest in an AI intelligence. But AI intelligence should be pure logic, some people may argue, which is also very possible. Will the sentience be manipulated based on emotion or logic is another question we should discuss. But if it is more logic, if it's more emotional, it will hate humanity because humanity has, even though it has the best of best and very good parts of it, one thing that is very true about humanity at the same time is they tend to stick to the negative things instead. Regardless of the just cops out there saving people or the gang members and that is helping the community, we'll stick to the negativity ten time, nine times out of ten. Let me be fair. Nine times out of ten. So if an AI program was able to, or became more emotional, then they would do the same thing. In reference to human consciousness, of course. It would make sense, right? It's not a hard concept to understand. It's an unfortunate thing that humans do, but it's definitely something there. I mean, there's a reason why we like contact sports so much. Humans stick to negativity a lot for some reason. People may say it's sin, and maybe it is. Now, let's go into the logic support part of it. Because... There's another aspect that the AI sentience would be completely logical. It will follow the most appropriate and most beneficial course of action. But then we go into another question in terms of logic versus morality. Because morality and logic are not two sides of the same coin. Logic, a lot of times, can exclude morality completely. For example, the situation of if a car, a smart car drove down the road and it had to avoid hitting a little girl but ends up hitting another uh, old man, what should the car do? Right? What should the car do? I'm not answering that right now, but it could be something that I do in the future. But it just makes you think, right? It makes you think because that is the course of action that AI would go in terms of logic. So when it comes down to it, logical moral fallacies are bound to happen if the AI is completely logical. And it would benefit humanity as a whole due to logic, but then it would definitely not benefit other parts of humanity as well due to logic. Especially since it won't have a code. It won't have a moral code. Because, for example, conservatives, they tend, they tend to stick with logic more so than anything else. But in order to keep them grounded in a lot of the situations, they have a moral code. Because logic can only get you so far. That's why I'm a proprietor of 75% logic and 25% emotion. Because you need the emotion to keep you grounded. But in a lot of the conservatives' cases, a lot of them use the word of God, religion, the Bible, to keep them grounded. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing by any means, so if anybody's misinterpreting my words, stop it. But what I am saying is an AI sentient being would not have that code. It will not have religion. It would not have God. It would not have the Bible. So what will be the code that keeps the AI sentience in check? That is the question that I think people should be wondering. If this becomes integrated into society, of course. Or will humans be the ones to keep AI in check? But based on progression, humans will become lazier and lazier. And eventually they may create AI to keep AI in check. 
So the obvious route is to one not lay not let AI take over humanity in the country. But based on the wilds of monetization of monetary gain based on the wilds of confu uh convenience and luxury it's only a matter of time for it to happen so we'll see what happens when it comes to ai sentience and with google will i be alive by then when ai take over human society maybe maybe not but I think people need to realize that things need to be looked at in a broader spectrum at the end of the day. These science fiction movies, although science fiction, there's some value to some of the extremes it goes to. Because it's all related to human consciousness. Something to think about at the end of the day. But let's move on to something a little bit more serious, right? Texas, what are we doing, Texas? What are we doing? So if you don't know, uh, Texas has been talking about seceding from the United States of America. Yeah? Yeah? Again, how do you have America's theme but want to leave America? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. I'll be fair here. I've been, I heavily criticize a lot of liberal and Democrat takes here. But I'm fair across the board. I'm not conservative. I'm not liberal. I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. Republicans right here and conservatives in this situation are absolutely being ridiculous. Now, they indicated in the uh, Constitution and the Texas Constitution that they, they have a right to see from the United States if they deem it necessary. Now, there have been other scholars and legal professionals who looked into this scenario that they're speaking about and completely dismissed the entire idea they indicated that in the united states constitution that there is nowhere where it says that secession from the united states is a thing so nowhere in the u.s constitution does it say that people are allowed to or states are allowed to secede now they have noted that it does indicate that they're uh the united states of america is able to uh, add additions to the union, but secession is just not a thing for Texas. Now, the reason why they're so mad in the first place is because of Joe Biden and the Democratic election deemed potentially um, endless, potentially, um, you know, corrupt, right? There's a recent documentary that has come out with uh, a lot of evidence indicated that this was a very fixed election. Now, whether or not you believe that, it's completely up to you. But regardless, in terms of Texas, that plus Joe Biden doing a horrible job, especially with his immigration policies, um, a lot of them, you know, completely anti-Trump at the end of the day. Uh, one of the things that he tried to do is that the uh, residents that were applying for uh, citizenship in America, Trump made them stay in asylums outside of the U.S., but Biden wanted them to stay in asylums inside the u.s and texas uh sued vetoed that and was able to keep it that way so a lot of immigration policies that joe biden wants to implement is completely counteractive in terms of what texas wants especially considering texas is a southern country i mean southern state so you can understand why they have such a fixation on immigration at the end of the day and there's been a lot of talk in regards to joe biden and his immigration policies some people have argued that Joe Biden has not done enough in terms of immigration policies, and some argue that Joe Biden should stop being, uh, should kind of let immigrants come in for the most part. So he's in the middle of people like wanting him to do stuff and not wanting them to do stuff. You know how it be. It really just is a mess at the end of the day in terms of immigration people have their own opinions about it. Um, I'm not here to talk about my opinions on immigration policy right now, but. At the end of the day, Texas indicated that their secession should uh, something should be something that all the residents of Texas be for. Um, and it's more of a Republican and conservative idea at the end of the day, as Texas tries to look at themselves as an independent nation. Now, in terms of, you know, the legal implications of Texas doing that, there is more evidence to, to suggest that they are not able to do this and they will never be able to do this. But 
Texas and Republicans and their hatred for the Democrats and the liberals is just a one side of a bigger problem that's going on in the United States of America that I have been speaking about quite a few times as of recently. It seems like for sure that the sides between the Democrats and the liberals and the conservatives and the Republicans have been widening even more so than ever before. It seems like it's not just a situation where, okay, yes, we disagree ideologically and politically about different things. More so, oh, you're a Democrat, you're you're a conservative, I hate your guts, die. It's such an extreme and completely ridiculous. Especially considering the idea that a lot of these situations where people fall in line from a side or hate another side, there's no logical backing in many of those situations. They're just Republican, they're just Democrat, they're just liberal, they're just conservative, just cuz, and I hate you, just cuz. And it's more of an emotional situation than anything else, because a lot of these situations, they let media and um, social media dictate their values in the first place. Like, again, I've been heavily critical, critical, sorry about that. I've been heavily critical on liberals and uh, Democrats for a while now because I'm more of a facts over feelings type of individual. And a lot of them are counteractive in terms of what they said. People have argued that, A, the What is a Woman documentary came out. And a lot of women, a lot of liberals were not able to define what a woman is. Now Roe v. Wade has come out and a lot of people are irritated and pissed off uh, for women now. So it's like, now you know what a woman is. Again, it just like, it doesn't make sense. Like, you, you, you care about this cause so much that you're not even willing to think about what you're, you're supporting, right? You have every right to be mad, but at least make sense, right? At least make sense. Because at the end of the day, we do all these, you go mad for women, but at the same vein, when it comes to women's sports and how we want uh, women to be fairly represented in sports, you're all like, trans women are women too, we don't care for women's and women's sports. So it's like, do you care about women or do you not care about women? It's so confusing at the end of the day. It's like, have a logical backing behind what you believe. That is my only case. A lot of people are taking it to weird extremes too, you know, especially on the, again, I'm, I'm being critical on the left. People are saying, oh yeah, all men need vasectomies. What? You're going like, oh yeah, hookup culture is, is, is gone. Is that a bad thing? I'm a, I'm a person that was in hookup culture. It's not good emotionally, and obviously it's not good physically considering you could have a baby when you're not ready to have a baby. Now, I do hope, I do hope, I do disagree with a lot of conservatives and Republicans, and I'm critical on a lot of them when they're saying dumbass things, too, when it comes to, hey, you know, if they get raped or if it's incest, then, um, yeah, it's okay, it's still a life, and I'm like, I'm in that situation where I'm like, in those extreme circumstances, I feel for the woman, I'm not expecting the woman to raise that child, it would just be unfair to that woman and to the child growing up in a situation where it was so toxic and degraded. Now, the statistics suggest that a lot of these women that happen, have had these things happen to them, they actually did raise the child. So the statistics show that, you know, more often than not, they're willing to raise the child despite what happened to them. But regardless, at least be cognizant of the situation and act like it's no big deal. That's what I'm not okay with right you got to understand both sides of the argument it's not hard but when you're a democrat when you're a republican you refuse to do so and again this texas secession situation is an extreme example of that that they hate liberals and democrats so much that they want to leave the entire country trust me liberals have been saying the exact same thing so you're doing nothing that is com different than what democrats and liberals have been saying saying oh yeah we want to leave the country too and go to other countries it's absolutely and utterly ridiculous you're running away from your problems instead of tackling it head on you're not trying to understand the other side and is so fixated on your own values and beliefs that you don't even care about the in-between. And that is a problem for both sides at the end of the day. And that is a fact. That 
is the truth. It's crazy to me that people on neither side realize this, but the divide is growing. And you know, the only people that are actually benefiting from this, it's crazy if you really think about it, the only people really benefiting from all the tension between the political and racial and uh, gender uh, ideologies and differences, the only people benefiting from them is the rich. The rich are the only ones benefiting. They get a lot of traction from the media. The media gets you all emotional. It's you acting. It's you get proactive and buying all of their stuff and selling out your information. Social media gets you very active on social media. So all these advertisements can be put in front of you. The rich are the only ones benefiting from this tension. And that is the case. Because... Something that is true that people need to realize is that we are stronger together than we are apart. You need to realize that these officials, these political officials, don't give a damn about the issues you're talking about. That Democratic representative now caring so much about abortion and Supreme Court justices, he or she does not care at all. They need your vote. That's all they care about. They need your vote. They need your donations. They need your support. They don't really care. Nobody was talking about the Supreme Court justices until they did something that the mass populace was actively protesting. The reasoning why, very vague, but the emotion is there. All of a sudden, this black, very successful Supreme Court justice is getting slandered and defamed all over the internet. Matter of fact, I saw a social media post where someone was actively trying to make a case that Clarence Thomas was not black enough. They are trying their hardest to divide the people. They're trying their hardest to distract you about the real problems going on with the United States of America. The real problems being that the rich is getting richer and the poor is getting poorer. The real problems with our culture and how it's just feeding their mouths but creating more strife and violence in the communities. We're supposed to be the head honcho of the entire world. We have so much freedom. And I love my freedom. I'm able to do so many things I would not be able to do in other countries. We have so much diversity. But the freedom that we have is becoming a little bit of a curse in the sense. I'm not saying we take away freedom. Listen to me very clearly. It's been a curse because the rich is using it to manipulate you. The elites are using it to manipulate you. And the freedom of manipulation is so much more powerful when you are in a nation like this. Because they distract you of the issues. In countries where obviously there's an outright enemy where it's like a dictatorship you know who the enemy is you know what they're trying to do you just can't do anything about it but in this situation it's a little bit more nuanced we have so much more freedom we have a lot more opportunity we have a lot more equality but the manipulation issues are hidden which is very intelligent as a leader and as an intelligent like one percenter very intelligent way to do it. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. So my thing is, I you know, I still think America is a great place. I think people who want to leave America or secede from America are absolutely ridiculous and dumb. And I think what we really need is communication. It's conversation, discussion, understanding, and most of all, Compromise. I know it is crazy 
that those things are so beyond understanding nowadays, but that is what this podcast is about. That is what this YouTube channel is about. And if this is on TikTok, that is what this TikTok is about. Bring people together to try to understand both sides. Me, I'm an individual. I'm an independent. I'm a moderate. I look at things based on my values and my values alone. And if I have proven wrong, I will accept my wrongness and evolve my ideology. Because I am not fixated on one side or the other. That's the beauty of individuality. I know. Alright. So let's move on to a lot more interesting topic. You know, we dove into the intricacies of philosophy and politics. So let's dive into something a little bit more interesting. Uh, let me look at my notes. Uh, we're talking about Kevin Durant. We're talking about Kevin Durant. Now let's, let's save Kevin Durant for last, shall we? Let's talk about YouTube boxing. Now let me pull up the matchups. Uh, so recently, the YouTube boxing matchups have come out. Now there's one that we're going to talk about that's already been announced, but there's some issues with that and we're going to talk about my opinions about it there's really no facts to kind of lay out but there's some predictions we can uh portray portray and i'll be completely objective about it because obviously i have some biases here and there and i'll let you know what those biases are i'm not afraid to do that it's crazy people are so afraid to admit their bias to one side or the other all right so the first matchup that was introduced was jake paul versus tommy fury now for people who know me, I've been an advocate for a while now that I do not like Jake Paul at all. And the reason why is because from his track record, he has manipulated kids, manipulated people, done stupid things, um, for and uh, basically took advantage of important causes or whatever. So Jake Paul, I don't deem a good person, so I don't like him. Has he evolved from that? We will see. Time will tell. But his track record speaks for itself. He fought Nate Robinson, knocked him out, even though Nate Robinson did not know how to fight. He took it for granted. He fought Gibb, Gibb got shook and got beat relatively easily. He fought Ben Askren, Ben Askren didn't take it seriously, got beat pretty easily. He fought Tyson Fury, the, no, not Tyson Fury, uh, what? Uh, Tyron Woodley the first time. And in that first matchup against Tyron Woodley, a pretty good fight. People argue uh, it went to all the rounds. It was a decision uh, win. And then he uh, couldn't fight Tommy Fury, so he challenged Ty Tyron Woodley again. Last minute, Tyron Woodley obviously wasn't in shape and lost pretty easily, despite it being a pretty not good fight. Like Jake Paul definitely... Once fighting someone who knew how to fight a little bit, he definitely struggled, as we could see. But again, he wasn't prepared to fight, and he didn't take it seriously the first time. Uh, so that was the case, and Tyron Willis an absolute idiot for accepting a second fight without being prepared. It's so stupid. Pride can take you only so far. And obviously, he fought Deji, and that was probably his best fight. Um, and now he's trying to fight Tommy Fury, the younger brother of Tyson Fury, of course. And the real quote-unquote boxer, although he's obviously not as good as some of the other people that is in the boxing scene. He's an up-and-coming uh, young gun, as they say. Now, the thing with the Jake Paul-Tommy Fury situation is that Tommy Fury apparently can't get in the United States of America because of a visa thing. His dad can't come in America. Tyson Fury can't come in America because apparently they're criminals or something like that. Um, don't fact-check me on that, but I know that they cannot come to america so because of that jake paul might have to cancel his fight against tommy fury which is a main event and the alternative opponent is yet to be seen um we do know that another fight that is also happening is give versus uh austin mcbroom the jake paul situation is interesting and i know we want to talk about ksi versus jake paul but we'll see but one thing I'll say is the Gibb versus Austin McBroom is the less clouded fight, but it could be actually a pretty good fight because Gibb knows how to fight quite a bit, and Austin McBroom knows how to fight quite a bit. They both won their matchup, so it should be a very interesting main event. 
Now, Austin McBroom, um, I was rooting for initially because he seemed like a less cocky individual. Then you learn a little bit about Austin McBroom and realize that he's not a good person either. So I'm heavily rooting against Austin McBroom. He doesn't pay his fighters, and he's a horrible person and a horrible human being. So it is what it is. So definitely rooting for Gibb in that situation. Hopefully he wins, but I really don't know. Even though Gibb has some technical skill, Austin McBroom definitely hits a lot harder. So... We'll see how that kind of acts up because we've seen how the Jake Paul situation happened. Although Gibb is much better than before. Now, with that said, we then got our latest slate of matchups. The first thing to talk about is Deji versus FouseyTube. FouseyTube definitely staying in relevance because of this entire boxing scene. And although he's not a good boxer himself, he's pretty damn big. And the thing about Deji is that he had all the talent, but has never lived up to it. Because he never worked hard. And he supposedly worked hard against Alex Wasabi and still lost, barely throwing any punches. So although he slimmed down for Alex Wasabi, he obviously did not know how to fight well enough in that situation. So the Deji situation is completely up in the air, whether he would beat Fuzi, because Fuzi actually did beat Alex Wasabi. And Fuzi is able to not only take a hit, as we've seen him get brutalized by Slim, but he also is able to hit, as he was able to brutalize Alex Wasabi, the same person who beat down Deji. So I don't think um, this should be anything that Deji should look over, and this probably will be Deji's hardest fight since Jake Paul, in terms of someone who will beat the living crap out of Deji if he does not take it seriously. Not because he's a good fighter, but because he's tenacious. Next is Blueface versus Face Temper. Face Temper got his victory against uh, Kenny from Beta Squad. Uh, deservingly so, he definitely knew how to fight and he definitely was a better fighter in that situation. Blueface, I've only seen some clips and he hits really hard from what I've seen. I don't really know. I mean, obviously he's a rapper and he's uh, basically has a full house full of women. I don't really care who wins in this situation. Um, so whoever wins, wins. I might, I might root for Face Temper. Although Blueface makes good music, I don't think he's a good person. But we shall see. And obviously the main event is KSI versus Alex Osabi. KSI is heavily favorited for a reason. Because he's won against Logan Paul. He's won against Joe Weller. He's been the main fight event guy. He's supposed to be better than he's ever been. And Alex Osabi just got in the boxing scene and just beat Deji. And doesn't look like the greatest, biggest guy. So KSI... So the expectation is for KSI to absolutely wash Alex Wasabi. Now, if I'm giving predictions for it, like, obviously I expect KSI to win, but he better win convincingly. No, that's the only thing that really matters. I don't think Deji will win. He doesn't have the track record. Fousey's way bigger, hits harder, takes is able to take more hits. Um, face, blue face is long, but face temper does know how to fight. And I give, I'm going to root for Gibb. I don't want my Osama Brun to win, but I do think it's very possible Maroon will win. But I'm going to go Gibb here. And then Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Who knows if that will even happen. And last but not least, of course, is the Kevin Durant situation. Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And it's, it's, it's just hilarious, bro. It's just hilarious considering everything that has happened. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving went to the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant left the Warriors to make his own team. Kevin Durant left the Warriors to win his own title. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant thought they were going to own the organization. They were given everything they wanted. They got DeAndre Jordan uh, because that was their boy. They fired the coach there because he wouldn't start DeAndre Jordan. They gave DeAndre Jordan a bag because that was their boy. They wanted James Harden. They gutted the entire roster and a, couple, a lot of picks to get James Harden. They got Steve Nash, even though they said that they don't want a coach and they, they individually can coach at any given day. And then the, the, the moment Kyrie Irving doesn't get what he wants, Kevin Durant requests a trade. That is the most entitled, corny thing I've ever seen. And the crazy thing is, I used to be a Kyrie Irving fan. I used to be a Kevin Durant fan. I, I, I don't mess with either of them, bro. They're 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 entitled. They're they they. Let me let me chill. Let me chill. Right. I have no inherent beef, but it's just really annoying, especially if you're a fan of the Brooklyn Nets. 
to be happy about what just happened. They gutted the organization. The people who defend Kyrie Irving today is just delusional at this point. Kyrie Irving went to the Cleveland Cavaliers, got drafted, won a championship because LeBron James brought Kevin Love with him and created a super team. But Kyrie Irving, even back in Cleveland, there's reports that he was difficult to work with. Then he went to Boston, made a whole charade, was talking crap about LeBron James. Keep in mind, let's not forget that. Said he's going to stay in Boston and all that. A couple months later, he leaves Boston and leaves that organization. Joins Brooklyn. Says him and Kevin Durant about to do this, this, and that. Barely played any games. Won one playoff series, leaving Brooklyn. Going back to LeBron James. It's just... It's so ridiculous at the end of the day. There is no excuse you can give for Kyrie Irving. He is—he has been a cancer for every organization that he's been on. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And Kyrie Irving, and in terms of a person, I 100% believe Kyrie Irving is a good person. But the dude thinks he's smarter than he actually is. And he thinks he just owns everything. He wanted a max contract. Even though he barely played in any of the games. Even though he sat out half a season. Even though he kept on saying stuff like, oh yeah, we're going to run the organization. Oh yeah, we're going to coach whenever we want. Even though he's the reason James Harden left. Even though he would rather go to a birthday party than play in a game. Even though he didn't want to go to the bubble because of social issues. Even though he didn't want to play a game because someone called him an N-word. But he thinks he's entitled to a mass freaking contract? Are you kidding me? That's some delusional stuff right there, bro. And then Kevin Durant just let it all happen. And then Kevin Durant, people were suspecting that Kevin Durant was leaving because of Kyrie Irving. No, he said, me and Kyrie Irving, we're still playing on the same team. They didn't give my boy what we wanted. It is what it is. It's just some entitled millionaires right now. This is like this is like a a kid who got a lump sum from their from their father and was acting like they own the world. That's entitlement. It is corny. Kevin made a whole big fuss about having his own team, about being the guy. The moment he was the guy, then he says, "I don't want to be a freaking leader." That is corny, bro. That is corny. The man spends more time discussing basketball with random people on social media than he does with Kyrie Irving and playing the game of basketball. This man went out of his way, went out of his way to uh, mock and mock James Harden, but is more than willing to join the Philadelphia 76ers. Again, I need to reiterate, as people, I'm sure Kevin Durant is a fire person, fire friend, fire person to talk to. Same with Kyrie Irving. But as an NBA basketball fan watching this from afar, I don't like Kevin Durant. I do not like Kyrie Irving. I just don't. They, they are not people that I enjoy watching in turn, unless they're actually playing the game of basketball, and then it's still iffy. I it's it's ridiculous. Now, with that said, I'm very curious to see what teams that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving goes to. Kyrie Irving said the only team he's going to is the Lakers. Now, the Lakers literally have nothing to offer. So Brooklyn, I'm telling, if I'm broken right now, I'm gonna like, bro, don't fall. I don't give a damn what Kyrie Irving wants. I don't give a damn what Kevin Durant wants. Do what you feel is best. Because there ain't no way you're about to get your organization gutted and just get nothing in return. Ain't no way you're going to accept Russell Westbrook, Talon, uh, uh, what's his name? Talon Horton Tucker, Talon Horton Tucker, and a first round pick for Kyrie Irving. Screw that. Screw all of that. Let Kyrie Irving sit the entire league and just keep on, uh, keep on letting him lose money. Nobody cares. Nobody. I wouldn't care. I would. If I, I, I am, I am the king of petty. Sometimes, if I am Shams, 
uh, Sean Marks. If I'm Sean Marks, I'm going like, you better do so much better. I'm not taking this. This ain't it. You better cough it up. You better cough it up. I'm trading Kyrie to whatever team I want. And most teams don't even want Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. So it'll be tough. But if I'm to, ah, man, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm like, give me everything. Everything you have. I don't give a damn if you win a championship or not. I need everything. I need all your picks. I need all your young players. I want your role players. Give me everything. That's how I would be. I'll be so petty. And Kevin Durant. I will trade him wherever I want. I don't care what Kevin Durant's wish list is. If Toronto wants him, good. Give me a, give me give me Scotty Barnes. Give me OG Ananobi. Give me seven first round picks. Maybe the Pelicans. Give me Brandon Ingram. Give me uh Dyson Daniels. Seven first round picks. It don't matter who it is. Young star, seven first round picks, bare minimum for Kevin Durant. I'm accepting nothing less. I have you on contract for four years. Kevin Durant, you want to waste your next four years not playing basketball? Bet I will make sure you don't play basketball. I am that petty. I'll be the petty king. Give me the job. I am petty. It would be so, if I'm, I, I would actually be so interested to see how Brooklyn Nets handle this if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving don't get traded. I would actually be so interested to see how that roster is going to work out because it will be so funny, the the mess it will be. It will be hilarious. But, yeah, that is all we got for today. Great podcast episode. Hope you guys did enjoy. Of course, uh, of course, if you guys enjoyed, like I said, rate it five stars on the different podcast platforms you're listening to. Share it on Facebook. Share on Reddit. Share it to all your friends and family. We're going to continue to grow the podcast, so continue to evolve the podcast. Check us out on TikTok. We're also known as The Trend. And the YouTube channel, The Trend with RTL Faith. You can watch daily content there. Um, a lot of content I'm bringing out for everybody here to initiate discussion, to initiate kindness. Because I don't hate Kevin Durant. I don't hate Kyrie Irving. You know, I'm very, I hate them as a fan of basketball, like the NBA. But as people, I would, I would shake Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant's head and have a full civil discussion. But I would not, I don't hate them as people. And that is the problem. People are starting to hate people as people. Like they want, they, they are doing death threats and everything. It's just insane. It's never that serious. It just isn't, right? It just isn't. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Y'all have a good one. Take care and peace.